Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. I am your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you, as always. And if you keep track at home, this is episode 63. And boy, why do I love 63? Well, that's the number of none other Mr. Jeff Saturday, uh, who is actually, well, outside of being one of the best centers ever, also is one of the coolest people ever who I got to meet. I got my buddy Jolan Bioka in the booth, my co-host. Jolan, what's going on? I'm going to go with somebody I didn't meet. Uh, Willie Lehner of the Chiefs, Super Bowl four champion, eight-time All-Pro, NFL 100th anniversary team, about as good as it gets at middle linebacker, Willie. Willie? Willie Mays Hayes? No, that's Willie, Willie Lehner. Uh, yeah, and so guys, it's uh, I know it's been a while uh, since we've been here on the podcast, but uh, we're back, we're in action, we've had some... We have lives too, you know. Well, yeah, we've got lives too. A couple vacations, a couple Mets games, a UFC event. We're back. Yeah, man, it's been busy. So why don't we kick it off in the sport, Jolan, as we head into the month of August, which is just about every football fan's dream. Why? Because the cleats are out, the sled pads are on, and it's training camp season, and we're getting ready for the NFL season, Jolan. Let's uh, talk some football. Yeah, and if you're like me, you're already doing all the mock drafts, you're already getting involved in all the players, but... Vegas has win totals. We will still go over those. Let's do the NFC North this week. We have the Bears right now at six and a half. Last season was six. Justin Fields in year two. What do you think here? Uh, I listen. I I'm excited to see Justin Fields not in a Matt Nagy system. If we're being completely honest, I just think Nagy wasn't a great fit for him. But at the end of the day, we got to remember he's got what Darnell Mooney, and that's about it. Who else is playing on this team? Andy's got a first-year head coach. It's going to be a learning curve for him, Jolan, so maybe we see some more flashes. But I don't think we see anything consistent out of Justin Fields. So what do we got their win total at? Uh, Their win total is at 6.5. Last season was 6. I'm going to go under here. I I just they have not done much in the offseason, and I'm just not excited for this team. I think they're going to struggle, and I think it's going to be a problem. I think if they do start to succeed, that David Montgomery is going to be one of those workhorse-type backs to run the ball a high-value number of times. So it's going to be really dependent on Justin Fields' ability to run around, David Montgomery's ability to run around, and then Darnell Mooney needs to have a breakout year if these guys are going to be good at all. Yeah, and Mooney's got to be great, right? He can't just be good. He can't just be flying under the radar. He's got to be exceptional for his quarterback there. And David Montgomery is another component of that. That run game... Can, as we know, Joel on and every we saw it in the two Super Bowl runs that Giants make. It never takes anything away from Eli Manning, but when you have a run game that can be efficient when it matters the most, it makes life easier on the quarterback, and he can just focus on making those few throws to win the game. I think too at six and a half right here that Vegas isn't expecting too much out of Chicago. Good, obviously, yeah, they they have a young team. They are building from the ground up, doing it the right way. So. We'll see how that progresses throughout the year. We go to the Vikings, who are nine and a half. Last season, we're at eight. Obviously, Mike Zimmer's out, or Zimmerman's out. And then Kwesi Adopo Mensa is hired at GM. What do you think? The analytics guy is now in the chair. Vikings, nine and a half. Nine and a half is tough. By the way, first of all, you have been now been hired as our pronunciation leader. Uh, the it, Congratulations, you have your own department now. Yeah. Nine and a half. And you're right, it was Mike Zimmer. You were right the first time, Zimmer. Um Nine and a half is a lot for this team. Although they played a lot of close games last year, a lot of games that they probably should have won that they didn't. Adam Thielen wasn't necessarily the guy, but they have Justin Jefferson there. 
Dalvin I, Cook can still be Dalvin Cook. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy, right? And that's a big concern. It's a big question mark, I think, coming into this year. Nine and a half is their total. I'm going to go under, but I think they get to nine. I, I do think they push that nine uh, pretty far, but I will say under the Vegas win total. Basically, that nine and a half is based on your belief of Kirk Cousins. Do you think he makes the steps to make them a good playoff contender, even Super Bowl contender? Well, and I think they could be a good playoff contender from nine wins. I just don't think Kirk Cousins... I've never been a fan of Kirk Cousins, honestly. And, I mean, it you know could be that he started out playing for Washington, so there's a rival. I just I, I can't get behind Kirk Cousins. Sorry. We go to the Packers, who are at 10.5, last season 13, a whopping number. But now they have no Devontae Adams. They add in Christian Watson, I believe, from uh, that D2 program. North Dakota State. North Dakota Division State. Division 1 AA. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, new receiving set. What do you think here? Yeah, I mean, they lose out on, you know, Devontae Adams, who's, last time I checked, is pretty good. And Marquise Valdez-Scantling, who's now with the Chiefs. That's correct. Yeah, yeah that, yep, that is correct. Alan Lazard is back. Uh, I believe, and Aaron you know, Jones, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, who's a brick house, but uh, you know, I think what's the win total? My bad, ten and a half. Ten and a half. I think they go over just because they have Aaron Rodgers. I think in the regular season, that's more than enough. I think they get to eleven, maybe they squeak out a twelfth win, but they do have Aaron Rodgers. They do play in a division that does have the Bears and the Lions. Um, all they need is the Tigers, and they'd be undefeated in the division every year. But, uh, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is good enough to take this team over the hump, at least win the division in the playoffs. That's a whole different discussion. We move on to the Lions, who are at 6.5, but Vegas has more hope than you. Last season was only three. They obviously add in Aiden Hutchinson, add in Jameson Williams. Jared Goff gets the keys for another year. DeAndre Swift healthy for a full season. What do you think? I can't see Jameson Williams being back much before October, November. Uh, coming off his ACL injury they suffered last year at Alabama. Added DJ Chark. That is true. Added DJ Chark. Listen, I, I, I just think six and a half is too much. I I would go, I think they'll win four or five. You know, I don't think, but they're going to play hard. They're one of those teams, and Jolan, you know, we've played them throughout our entire careers when we were playing. Just those teams that you know are terrible, but they're going to play as hard as possible as soon as you think you're getting a bye week just because you're playing the Lions, you're not. You're going to have to bring a lot more energy and a lot more juice to the game than you probably want to. This is going to be a tough team under Dan Campbell. They were last year. I think they improve again this year, but I just don't see the win total replicating that. But the effort will be there. Do you think this is Jared Goff's last season to prove it as a starting quarterback in the NFL? We know, obviously, he could be a backup wherever he wants to be. But with a team that he is the guy that's centered around the offense, is this his final year to prove it? Well, it sure could be, right? If they win four games, five games, they're going to be right out there at the top of the draft. And we're talking about a strong quarterback class coming out next year, at least early projections are that. So, yeah, I mean, this could be his last opportunity to finally, you know, if he puts the nail in the coffin, perfect. If they win four games, they can go address the area of need. If he can't, now they're in the quarterback market, which... You never know. Maybe they trade back and they draw a ton of picks. You just never know. But, yeah, Jared Goff's got to step it up. But there's no really expectations, Jolan. So it's different than when he was with the Rams. I mean, with the Rams, he went through the Super Bowl. Right. A couple years removed. We're talking about him not even starting. So Correct. It's one of those things. Now, there is some other quarterback controversy around the NFL. There's some things going on in Arizona with Kyler Murray's huge extension. 
Obviously, picking football was the right choice, but there's some language in there, guys. So what's going on with that? Yeah, this was just this just happened to be one of the weirdest contracts I've ever seen. Uh, first of all, the fact that any of the details got released publicly, I think to me is an issue because you would imagine those things are generally sacred between team, agent, and player. Now, in Kyler Murray's five-year, $230 million contract extension, I believe he's guaranteed 160 or $168 million of that. Uh, he's not fully guaranteed like Deshaun Watson, but it, it is a mega, mega contract, Jolan. And a stipulation within the contract is that uh, Kyler Murray must spend, it, in, it's called an independent study of game film of at least four hours off-site. So he's got to go home during, throughout the course of one week. So per week, every week, he's got to, once he leaves the facility, he has to study game tape for four hours. Jolan, I've never, first of all, I've never seen a contract get leaked like this, and I've never seen a stipulation like well, this. I kind of have an answer to your first question. Sure. So if you're an agent of like a Joe Burrow, a Justin Herbert, who's on the brink of making that next big extension, correct? maybe you would want to look into the language of the contract and see what's going on there, and then it could snowball to you telling one person, then the whole media has their hands on it. So I can see how contract stipulations do get out. Obviously, other players in the market, they want to know their value. But my problem is the fact that they had to address it at all. They did recant it. It is off the contract now after all the backlash of the past week or so. But the fact that they even put it in there kind of raises red flags, doesn't it? I, I would agree with you. And the stipulation thing, Joel, on these guys are experts in reading languages of contracts. That's why, for me, it's really odd when it gets released like this because these guys know what the language means. And you're right. And unfortunately, in the world we live in today, you tell one person and, you know, they tell somebody else, yada, 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 it gets out. Usually we see that with guys with weight stipulations in their contract. That's usually the only stipulation Especially we the generally that see. Can blow up quickly. And right. Eddie, Eddie, Lacey, Ed, Eddie Lacey used Even to have Beckton, it. I think Makai Becton has it in his contract. But he's slimmed down now, but yeah. you know what I mean. It needs to be put in there. At a certain yeah, point. absolutely. And the, you're right. The Arizona Cardinals did recant it, which I don't really understand how, considering he signed the contract already. Then you take the I don't know how that works. But Kyler Murray, first of all, why if Kyler Murray is so upset about it, why did he sign the contract? Why did he agree to it? He knew that language, and his agent knew that that language was in the contract. And Kyler came out, and he basically is blaming the media for the backlash. Bro, you said to the New York Times that your cognitive skills are so high, you don't have to spend hours studying film. Well, this is where the discrepancy lies, okay? Maybe yep. if you're Kyler Murray, big contract, I assume. Right. There's things in there that you know are mandatory, but mm -hmm. maybe they're just put into words. Maybe they're articulated better in paper format, so you just gloss by right. it. Then someone rereads it and goes, oh, why did Kyler Murray sign this? Oh, why is this in the contract at all? But it could have been one of those things that obviously they expected out of him. Didn't have to be written down. Better to have it written down. And now there's backlash. And I know Murray did say that he is um, humbled that everyone in the media thinks he did this without work ethic, without the experience needed of game film. But let's be real, it got put there for a reason. But, bro, you're the one that's feeding it to everybody. You're yeah, the one I'm that told everybody. Yeah, I know. You're, you're the like, one that told everybody your cognitive skills are so high you don't have to study as much. And that's what... You what literally said it to all of us, and now mm -hmm. it's our fault? Absolutely not. But, you're, but listen, that's why he's got an agent that's supposed to read it before he signs it. Now, do you think this is a, a quarterback problem in the NFL of young guys thinking they can rely just on their ability? Or do you think 
that quarterbacks, for the most part, are getting after it in the film room without needing it to be written down. I don't because I think this would be, this would be tied into a narrative, right? Like I think a narrative of new young bucks running around of the field, young bucks or of African American quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. These guys, I think that would. Joel, and we've seen it. These scouts, they love to jump at these precedents or preset conditions and that they, they have. They love the clickbait title. They love the clickbait headline. Right. So if I think I, if this was common, I think we'd hear a lot more about it. Somebody certainly would have said it about Lamar Jackson, considering they've said just about everything else. And he has an MVP. Right. And the, guy, the guy's goes, a stud, you know. So, But I think at the end of the day, Kyler Murray, I think he's just a rare case. I really do. Now, Another and I hope he is a rare case, by the way. Direction or trend you could put this in is guys getting paid too early without putting all the due diligence in. Maybe that's why this language got put in there, because he's only been on the scene for three years. Maybe he gets money and quits. Well, and they they put this in there for a reason, right? Like they, this, this isn't just like, hey, you know, we just want to mess with your head, kid. No, this was put in there because somebody in that organization believes that he doesn't work or study hard enough that he needs to study when he's not in the facility more. And, you know, again, this is a weird... So long, when you sign these massive extensions, it's supposed to be a marriage, right? And what are weddings? Weddings are a celebration. This feels like a... Shotgun uh, wedding, kid right, on the way, like, things, families don't like each other. Feels right. Weird. This feels... Yes, there you go. Families don't like each other. That's what this feels like. And now him and... Uh, Kingsbury are tied there till 2027. Jolan, I don't think either one makes it there. I don't. Uh, see, I don't. That raises the question of which teams want to take on big contracts. Because obviously you have teams in the big markets, the Jets, right. the Giants, that would love somebody like that. But then you have the smaller market teams who want no part of it. Right. If you sign him, you're basically handicapping yourself to that one player in that one area to sell your tickets, and you don't really have high hopes of playoffs. Yeah see Christian McCaffrey for a big contract. Right. But when it comes to things like this and big money on the table, you're almost forced to stay put. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We don't see it like we do in the NBA where teams will trade just to dump salaries. Immediately. You're right. We we, we don't see that at all. But, I mean, and Joel, maybe not both of them don't make it to 2027. I bet one of them doesn't make it to 2027. I already have an idea of who it is. But uh, obviously, we'll let time tell. Let's throw a new scenario out there before we go over sure. your quarterbacks. Because now we were talking about the contracts, quarterbacks yep. do up. Between Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, over the next seven years, who would you pick to lead your franchise? Oh, boy. It's a good question. Uh, it is a great question. I would say right now, I would give the edge to Burrow because I've seen him do it on the biggest stage Fair. last year in the postseason divisional round. Divisional round, AFC Championship game, and the Super Bowl, he played pretty well. So, for now, I'll take Burrow, but I don't think Herbert's very far behind. I don't trust Kyler Murray. I saw him in the playoff game last year. So, Herbert's nipping at the heels of Burrow, but I would take Burrow right now just because I've seen it on a bigger stage. Start Herbert, bench, or start <laughs> Burrow, bench Herbert, cut Murray. That's how that yeah, goes. Yeah. So, let's move on to second-year quarterbacks and the trend of quarterbacks. We have four highlighted of this class, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and now Trey Lance has the keys to yep. San Francisco. Let's go over these guys. Who do you think is going to have the best second-year breakout? The best second-year? Well, I'll tell you who's in the position for the best second-year breakout. That would be Zach Wilson. I think the Jets, and I haven't said this much in my lifetime, have done a great job surrounding him with talent. 
and good offensive weapons that should make for a really good second year. I think you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence, get Doug Peterson in there, get Christian Kirk in there, whether they overpaid or not, doesn't really matter. Still good talent. Still good talent. Now they do have everything room at tight end, so that's a problem. But they, <laughs> <laughs> he might he might rejuvenate his career. The bright lights in New York City might have got to him. We'll see. He's already dropping passes in training camp. But you get Travis Etienne back, your first round pick have James uh, Robinson. from two years ago. James Robinson's still there. You look at a guy like Justin Fields, who we kind of talked about. I don't really know. I don't really see it. Mac Jones, who's playing in an offense that doesn't have an offensive coordinator. Didn't even mention Mac Jones. He did, all about him. He doesn't even have an offensive coordinator because Bill Belichick doesn't believe in those titles anymore. And uh, Trey Lance, you're right. I think Trey Lance, talent-wise, I think just from a just from a team talent perspective, I would expect Trey Lance to have the best second year because I think the talent in San, uh, San Francisco, excuse me, and and specifically Debo Samuel is better than any of those that other guys have. Period. I like at any position on their offense, I would take Debo and Trey Lance. Who do you think is in the most stable position to have a ten-year career with the team they're in? You oh think boy. it'd be Mac Jones, right? I would imagine so, but that that obviously, I think that changes depending on how long Belichick's there. Because who knows? Maybe they bring in a wild child, you know, who like a runner who needs a runner. Yeah, or guy. who you know, maybe who likes the air raid offense, who's you know gonna welcome into the twenty first century. So you know, stuff like that. I, that's that's what I, I would have to say. Who's set up for a ten year career? I would say it's Trevor Lawrence. I do. I do. I think Doug Peterson just getting there is a good. It's really good for him. And there's no expectations down there, Jolan. So, as long as he's not god awful, he's going to play at least five, six years down there, and then you're just one contract away from making it a ten-year thing. So, it's going to be fun to see how the quarterbacks this year progress because I think last offseason there was a lot of movement. Wilson to the Broncos, obviously, all these new guys coming in, Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh, all this stuff. I think next year is when. Teams that are holding on to these deadweight guys, the Daniel Joneses of the world, Jimmy G's of the world, they're going to start really dropping out of the NFL, and you're going to see this revolution of all these young mobile quarterbacks, like you said. So maybe Mac Jones doesn't survive, but it's going to be interesting. CJ Strode on the way, Caleb Williams in a couple years. A couple years, yeah. Have, who's uh, Bryce Young from Alabama? Bryce Young. It's, there's going to be movement. There's yeah. definitely going to be movement. Both from schools that uh, don't produce the greatest quarterbacks in the world. We're just going to put that out there. But, <laughs> nonetheless... I mean, that basically wraps up our NFL segment, but we're not done yet. We have a ton of baseball to talk. Let's get after it. Let's start in the best city of the world, best baseball city in the world currently, New York area. It's a city that never sleeps, right? That's what they say about New York? Let's start with the Mets. We have big news coming out of Queens. Let's go with the Mets, right? There's a lot of exciting news, Jolan. They won five straight this week, and it's just been really exciting because... They've uh, they've beaten the Padres. Their offense kind of woke up on a Pete Alonso three-run home run, uh, which is beautiful. They beat the Yankees twice, and they're trying to take care of business against the Marlins. They're doing their best. Let's talk right now, recap of their season so far. Sure. They haven't gone on a lot of win streaks. They're winning a bunch of series, though, yep. if you will, the 4-1s, the 3-2s, like we were talking about. Does this team now break out? This is something you, you me, and our buddy Zach Kruk have talked about a good amount. And it's just the fact that this team hasn't gone on one of those win streaks. 12 of uh, 12 of 13, 12 of 14, you know, 13 of their last 15, whatever. They just haven't gone on one of those big win streaks yet And from, from a team that's been in first place all year, you know, and has been one of the top records in baseball and in the national. Hours. Yeah, they, they've been really, really good. They've won 63 of their first 100 games, stuff like that. 
Joel, and I do. I think we're starting to see this team break out. We're watching them win these games. By the way, this past week, Brandon Nimmo was 3-for-24. Jeff McNeil couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if he was standing next to it. You have guys in that lineup that are perennial hitters that are slumping right now, and you're still winning. So I think that's a good sign for the Mets. So we talked about DeGrom. Obviously, his return is going to be massive for the Mets. His, his return is going to be August 2nd. Coincidentally, same day as the trade deadline against the Washington Nationals. Do you think DeGrom comes back? As the Grom. Is he the number one ace you could bring all the way into the postseason, or what's going on? He you know, the, the guy. this is hard, right? And do you trust it? Um, I've talked to Zach about this a lot. It may take about 10 starts to, to stop the hole, well, if he's not injured by his next start. I do, Jolan. I think he's coming back with some nasty stuff. I think we're going to see probably about 85% of the Jacob DeGrom that we used to see, but I think even if you take him at the peak of his powers, 85% of that is still a top 10 starter in baseball. And you have that paired with Max Scherzer, who is just turned 38 this past week, is an absolute bulldog. Pair him with Chris Bassett, who's a dog. Carrasco, who, as long as he gets out of the first inning, dog. Taiwan Walker, as long as he stay away from the home run ball, dog. You know, you got a lot of these guys. You got Tyler McGill's coming back. David Peterson's now in the bullpen. Trevor Williams is now in the bullpen. Trevor May is coming back. Jolan, this is something we don't see a lot for the Mets in years past. A lot of the times it's been we're going into August. So and so just got hurt. The team is reeling. And now the team is we're going into August. We've still got the trade deadline. Oh, and by the way, these guys are coming back. And they're holding serve. So I think that's a huge component of this whole thing. Do you think we get the run support all the way through the end of October if we make it there? Do you think this team can sustain a deep postseason? They need a right-handed DH. They have Vogelbeck, who's also going to play guard for the New York Giants, too. Uh, He's our lefty DH, uh, replacing Dom Smith, who just can't hit anymore. We need a righty to replace J.D. Davis because he just can't hit anymore despite hitting a 444-foot home run off the Marlins. He just he doesn't hit the fastball well, which is, by any stretch of the imagination in baseball, a problem. So I think they got to look for a guy like Trey Mancini, maybe J.D. Davis, some pop from that right side, maybe Wilson Contreras from the Cubs. I think if they do that, Jolan, I think they're going to be really good. I, I like the lineup as is. Eduardo Escobar has kind of seemed to find it a little bit here. Marte's Can't, been lights out. Marte's been lights The top of that lineup's been lights out. We know Nimmo's been struggling just a little bit. But he's broken out of it a little bit. Marte's been ridiculous. Lindor's batting 305 in the month of July. Uh, Pete Alonso has just been... Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso, the staple, the stud, the boulder you need in that four spot. And, uh, you know, Canna's been okay, not great. Need him to be a little bit better. He's been great defensively, though. A great locker room guy. And you just need a little bit more out of Escobar. And Guillaume when he's in there. Catcher spot... I'm not worried. I need Tom, uh, Tomas Nito to play defense. I don't need him to hit 300. I need him to play defense. He's been doing that lately. Solid lineup, Jolan. You me- you mentioned a bunch of guys around baseball who you like to add. So let's make a little wish list. Mm-hmm. Who would you want? Who's your dream guy um, to acquire before the deadline? And who are you signing? I think I think the dream. I think the dream right now is Wilson Contreras and Dave Ro- David Robertson. That Contreras pair. The Cubs. Catcher, yep, who I think was going to DH more when he comes over because he's not necessarily familiar with the pitching staff. I'm fine with that. Let him DH. And David Robertson, who Yankee fans remember used to pitch for them, he'd be a perfect eighth inning guy. You get him, Adovino, Lugo's looked pretty good. But my last one, Joe, on is, uh, I believe his name's Joe Mantiply. 
He's a relief pitcher. He's a big lefty relief pitcher. We need one of those out of the pen because right now we really don't have one except for David Peterson. And we saw he give up the home run to Glaber Torres the other night. So we need another big left arm. And the question's been looming since the beginning of the season. And even Buckeye asked, you don't have enough lefties. He famously said he's rocking with his guys no matter what. So let's see what's going on here. Going to be a big deadline for the Mets now. Just across a couple boroughs just over there. Across town. They're also playing some very good baseball. A lead, lead, lead leading 68 home runs. Or 68 wins. I'm 68 sorry. wins. Oh, I'm all over the place. I mean, Aaron Judge might have 68 home runs by the time you listen to this podcast. Yankees. <laughs> let's talk Yankees. Sure. Now, let's start with Judge. You already mentioned it. 42 home runs heading into the month of August. I'm, I believe that leads the Yankees all time. I believe so, yes. That Yankees. is the most home runs by a Yankee Crazy before thing August. Crazy to do in the history of anything is yeah. the Yankees in anything. So let's talk about Judge, his lights out year so far. And should they have extended him already? Uh, yes, they should have extended him in the offseason last year. They should have paid him. And you know what, Jolan? He's just making himself more money every single day. You and I have talked about this, and Zach and I have talked about this on a couple radio shows. I am so sick and tired of watching people pitch to Aaron Judge and get beat. I'm tired of it. It's like in basketball, Jolan. If you and I were in the post, and I'm hitting you with post move after post move after post move. After a few after a few post-ups, Jolan, there's got to be a double team coming. And how do you double team in baseball? You put the damn guy on first base, okay? The other night, when there was nothing, nothing, bottom nine, right? You know Aaron Judge seemingly is the only guy in that lineup that can beat you. You gotta walk the guy. You can't let Aaron Judge beat you. I'm sick and tired of it. Joan, he's on pace to have 79 walks this year, and I know you're not a big pace guy because paces eventually level out. Joan, I don't care what his pace is. That is way, way too low of a number. For him, he should be walked almost as much times as he's striking out. Okay, if we're being completely honest, that's the only reason he's not being walked all on because everybody and their mother thinks they can strike Aaron Judge out. Really, you know, the only one we've seen do it consistently was Max Scherzer in the Subway Series. Max Scherzer's pitched in this league since you and I were kids. Okay, like it's a little bit different than, you know, Joe Smith from Kansas City who thinks he can strike out Aaron Judge. I just, you know what, the guy's been unbelievable. And like I said, he's making himself millions every single day. Now the Yankees are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've played 500 baseball since the July has begun. What do you think this team has for the rest of the season? Do they have enough in the tank to make the push? Obviously, they had the, the hottest start in baseball. Good lineup. Yep. Well, Decent pitchers, not best. We'll get into them. But this is... This team have what it takes to make a deep postseason run. I think they do, Jolan. The pace that they were at was just so utterly absurd. They are on pace for like 125 wins at one point. They were ridiculous. Their starters were giving you sub-2-5 ERAs across the board. Nestor Cortez has pitched more innings than he's pitched ever, you know, or he's going to cross that threshold here down the stretch. It's just it didn't seem like a sustainable model. And the Yankees, that lineup, Jolan, earlier in the season, they were doing things that they don't normally do, right? We've seen most of these guys in a Yankee uniform for the last couple of years. They are home run reliant baseball team. And in the beginning of the year, they were playing small ball and winning games like that. Now they've kind of fallen back and in this 500 stretch to being extremely home run dependent. They don't run the base as well. We saw that against the Mets. And the pitching staff has come back down to earth, Jolan, because they were on, they were on Pluto in the way that they were throwing. Cortez and Cortez was, Joe he looked like the second coming of Cy Young. I mean, the guy was filthy. And I just think we're starting to get to the point where just 
you know, not running out of gas because I think you can still get more gas. You know, go to the gas station. Gas prices are falling. And just go load up on more. But it's going to be hard. Now they got to watch his innings down the stretch. It's tricky. It's very tricky. Who besides Judge can you rely on on this Yankees team to score you runs, to get you guys on base? Like Right now, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We, that that one nothing win, Joel, was the epitome of the Yankees lineup right now. It's Aaron Judge and everybody else. Now, the addition of Ben Benintendi, they're hoping, is a more contact hitter than Joey Gallo, who I've been told, no matter what, is gone by Tuesday at the trade deadline. You know, want to hear a crazy stat on Joey Gallo? Sure. He has two sacrifice flies in his entire career. That's a real fact. Did, did, did you also hear that he's got 37 hits this year? Aaron Judge has 42 home runs this year. He's 37 hits total? Total. Like, total this year. Like on base, yeah. singles, like doubles, bat all, on, together. Like bat on ball, reach base safely. How ridiculous how is that? I don't know that survives even this far. But that's, I don't understand where there's a market for him. Where are they going to trade him to? It might be why, smoke. Why would, you take a, why would you take a flyer on this guy? It might be smoke. Because when there's smoke, there's fire. And boy, yeah. no, this guy's a disaster. And we'll see. But Joel and I just think they were on such a ridiculous pace. And they were playing baseball that they're not used to playing. So who in that lineup? I think it's going to be huge when Stanton comes back. You know, just a guy that his exit velo is an average of 115 miles per hour. So, you know, we'll see. But they need a guy like Stanton back who predictably is on the IL, unfortunately. Could have seen it coming all year long. So this Subway series that took place the past week, Yankee fans were saying, ah, it doesn't really matter, all this stuff, 27 rings, the usual. Right. How much does does this matter to baseball right now in the standings? That's fine. And this isn't every Yankee fan. But, but why are you giving standing ovations in a Royals series? If if the Mets don't count, the Royals should mean even less. The Royals are significantly worse than the Mets, let's be honest. This happens, Jolan, every time. It happens every time. And you know what? The Mets have been good against the Yankees. They've won seven of the last nine against them. Um, you know, it's it just is going to be the way it is. And until we see them in October... You're never going to get the respect that they deserve. The Mets played two two great games. The Yankees did not look great. I think I would honestly be concerned with Aaron Boone. Uh, the decisions he's been making as of late, I'd be very concerned, especially pitch hitting Gallo the other night, and then Diaz comes in the game. I mean, dude, what do you think was going to happen? The guy that strikes out the most against the pitcher who strikes everybody out. It's What are you going to do? So if you're Brian Cashman, you've been doing this since 98, yeah. 99. What do you do now? What's when I was de- born. What's the deadline move? It's you got it. Well, they got Ben Intendi, so they got an outfielder with contact. They got to go get a starter. They lost out on Luis Castillo. The Mariners gave up three of their top five prospects for him. The Yankees just weren't going to do that because apparently Sir Anthony Volpe is going to be the greatest shortstop in Yankees history. We'll see. It's a it. Oh, and, and, run of Jeter. Joel, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not going to be. It's a lot of pressure to put on this guy because remember this year. The offseason of shortstops, they passed on everybody because of Anthony Volpe. We'll see about that. But I think they got to go get a starter. So maybe Frankie Montas from the A's, Jose Quintana. We've heard Carlos Rodon from the Giants. His name's been thrown out there as they continue to sink. So they need that. Most importantly, they need a couple bullpen arms, Jolan, but starting pitching's got to be, in my opinion, uh, priority number one. So you look at their starting pitchers right now, Cole, Cortez, Montgomery, Severino, um, yep. Domingo German. Who right now are you taking right now, game one? And if it's a three-game series, who are your three there? 
you know, and I think this is actually where I'll get a lot of Yankee fans to agree with me. It's because he gets paid the most. Garrett Cole is going to pitch game one. Okay. Nestor Cortez is going to pitch game two. And game three, Jolan, I honestly think you just write names on a piece of paper, put in a hat, and pick one. Because I don't know who you trust. You cannot tell me you watch the Met game and say, I trust Jordan Montgomery. You can't tell me that. I can't trust Herman, although he looked pretty good against the Mets. Severino's been all over the place. So what do you do? I think that's why it's important for them to bring in and not an ace pitcher, but a guy who's going to be in that top three come postseason time because they're going to need it. Does this team re-sign Judge next year? Whew. I'm going to say no. Whoa. I'm going to say no. I Bombshell. think I think there is a team out there that is going to pay him an exuberant amount of money. I'm not. I don't even actually think it's going to be the Mets. Some owner in baseball is going to pay him a lot of money. Angels, maybe. You know they're getting they got Pujols' contract off the books. Maybe they trade Otani. That's that's one less big contract they'll have to worry about. Even though it's not big right now, talking about when they resign if they were to resign him. Yeah, maybe man. There's there's going to be one. There's going to be one. That's all I'm saying. And I don't think it's Hal Steinbrenner. So you'd rather Soto over Judge, obviously. If you oh yeah. Him. yeah, every day. That's, Guy's seven years younger. That's what it is. So that basically wraps up our MLB section. We go to the NBA. Not much movement in the NBA. Free no. Agency, obviously, Kevin Durant asked out of the Nets. Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics, which is huge on our books. Right. And then there's been rumors that Kevin Durant might be a suitor for the Celtics. Yeah, and then Jalen Brown sent out the shake my head, you know, message. And I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, to me, if I'm Jalen Brown, it's a compliment that they're, t- that they're talking about trading me for Kevin Durant. But, uh, no, Jolan, there has been no movement. I don't think there's really any deals that the Nets are like, whoa, that's what we got to go get. If any news that's coming from Crosstown is um, the the New York Knicks. I mean, they, they signed Jalen Brunson. They're going to get hit with tampering charges on that. Not the player you want to get hit with tampering charges Wild for. tampering charge. Then they're connected to Donovan Mitchell. So what do they do with Jalen Brunson's introductory press conference? The most James Nolan thing of all time. They uh, they don't allow any media in except for employees of MSG, which is just ridiculous because they don't want to answer questions about Donovan Mitchell, despite the fact that all they need to say, Jolan, is we're not allowed to talk about another player under contract on a different team. That's all they have to say. Move on. Does Donovan Mitchell fit the New York Knicks? Yes. I, I think Donovan Mitchell, for the, ver- for the first time in a long time, Jolan, we hear the Knicks connected to all these stars, right? First it was... We're gonna get LeBron, and then we're gonna get Carmelo. They did end up getting Carmelo. Then we're gonna get we're gonna get Kevin Durant. We're gonna get Kyrie Irving. We're gonna get Zion. Zion. <laughs> right. All this chatter and BS. None of those guys ever kind of came out and said, "I want to be here." Donovan Mitchell. His dad played for the Mets. He's a huge Mets fan. He's always in New York. He wants to be here, so it seems. And I think that makes it a perfect match. If you're Adam Silver right now, yeah. Utah, Denny Ainge, going through a rebuild. Yep. You know they are. It's there's no. Wall up, you right? See it. Yep. If you're Adam Silver right now, wouldn't you want the Knicks to be relevant to yes. sign Donovan Mitchell? Wouldn't you be working everything in your power? What's going on with that? Is it not just not going to happen this year, or is it just smoke and mirrors? What's going on? No, I think it's going to happen, but I think both ownership teams are just playing hardball. Each team has said, "This is what we're going to offer. This is where we're at. First one to crack, boom. That's when a Donovan Mitchell deal gets done." I do think it does get done, Jolan, because you're right. They're not going anywhere. They got to stop wasting his time. Let him get out of there. Go win ten games and get that guy from overseas who's like six seven but can dribble like a point guard. Oh, the France kid. Yeah, that kid's Ooh, coming out like next year. Yeah, so everyone, you know, Utah's going to be tanking for him. Imagine that, Jolani. He's going to go from France to 
Mormon city. Like, that's just going to be quite the, the culture shock. They're going to love him over there. I, I'm sure for him. I think his, it's Wes something. I forget what his last name is, but uh, he's unbelievable. And you know what? You're right, Joel. And the NBA does – they want they need to see the Knicks be success, successful because it still packs MSG. And when MSG's rocking, it's still a sight to see. But, you know, for now, the Nets have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. The Knicks don't have Donovan Mitchell. They have their coveted – R.J. Barrett and and uh, Mitchell Robinson, who I don't get the allure of, but Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, there you go. France. There you Seven go. Three with handles, can dribble off ball, create his own shot. His highlights are stupid. They're calling him the best prospect since LeBron James, and they have nobody to compare him to besides Kevin Durant with potential of who's down low here, Dwight Howard. <laughs> Kevin Durant, Dwight Howard. He has. The, what? Dwight Dwight strength maybe this this guy has four blocks a game can shoot a three ball can dribble and his wingspan seven eight yeah it's pretty that's pretty good it's pretty good so that's that I'm imagining that's where Utah's gonna go I'm yeah, showing Ryan a highlight right now of him blocking a three point shot that, that's abs- it's just absurd it's just ridiculous unbelievable so that's what Utah's gonna be tanking for if he if obviously you can't see it because we're on a podcast. Go check out his highlights and, and, and let us know what you think. Joel, I, I'm excited. It's, you know, the NBA, the free agency is kind of cooled down. Maybe does West, does Russell Westbrook still get moved? That's another intriguing thing. Uh, the Lakers got to get out from that contract and got to get better players in there if they got any chance to go to the playoffs next year. So, but, I mean, other than that. Might be LeBron taking the pay cut. Yeah, he might have to. He might have to, but he has – he can sign an extension – I believe beginning this week, I can't imagine he signs in, you know, because I think he wants the out in two years to go play with Bronny. This is how you know basketball is kind of slow right now. The news I got this week is that Bryce James, not Bronny James, right? Bryce James, 15 years old, is now standing at six foot six inches, and he's three inches taller than his brother. Yeah. So, Bronny might not be in. It might be Bryce. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I, you know, the crazy part is I think Bronny gets drafted just off his name. Of course. You know of and. Course. And so we'll see where that all goes. But, Joel, on outside of that, there's not a ton going on here. You know, Live Golf continues to ride on. They were actually in New Jersey this week. I'm actually for Live Golf. I know it's anti-American of me, but I think it breeds better competition. You're going to see better golfers come out of this. I think people are going to get the money they deserve. It's You're right. For golf. Phil Mickelson signed for $400 million. The guy shot plus 40 so far in his lift tournaments. So he's balling. <laughs> you know, but outside of that, they're at the golf course down in uh, Bedminster, uh, so that's been a whole riot this week. But uh, outside of that, Joel, on college football's coming up, as we talked about, as the page kind of turns to August, the dog days of August in baseball, the beginning days for football, it's going to be exciting. Horns down. Horns okay, down. Yeah, we'll see. Arch Manning coming into town, you know, next next year. So. Arch Manning. I will say this about Arch Manning. I've seen a lot of his tape now recently. He is playing against a bunch of kids that are not on his level, no. and it might catch up to him sooner than later. I'm not going to wish any ill will. Right, the Manning. I love the Mannings. No, but that's a lot of these college, That's a lot of these high school it kids, though, Joel. Like it it looks like he's playing lesser talent than maybe he is, and you know, you just never know. So, Joel, and that's going to do it for episode 63 here, the Jeff Saturday episode, and later. there you go. Um, so. You know, that's going to do it for this episode, Jolon. You can always reach out to me on Twitter and on Instagram, at Goose on the Mic. Same handle, both uh, Twitters, uh, both Twitter and Instagram. Jolon, where might the people be able to find you? 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Good Old Joel's, or you can follow us in the podcast on Twitter at Podcast Aired Out, or on Instagram at AiredOut.podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can feel free to reach us out on those. Yeah, you want to be a guest on the show, give us a call, or uh, shoot us a DM, whatever whatever you so Shout choose. Shout out Matt Moran now, who's going to San Diego with his camp. He's officially stationed out there, so it's going to be good for him, too. He's going big time, and i got to say, Joel, on, he came, came on to the Aired Out podcast. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to get some more guests in here. Jolan, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a good time. But Jolan, until next week, not next month like we did this time, until next week, right now we get to have some more fun in the booth. And until episode 64, Jolan. Go Cougars. Go Zach Wilson. Put in the books.